0: hey everyone welcome to the first episode of isotope a podcast that provides insights on careers in the SaaS space it features interviews of people who from different backgrounds have created a successful career in SaaS. if you are someone who is looking to get a job in the SaaS space isotope will throw light on how to prepare yourself and land your dream job the theme of this season is product management we'll be talking to product managers who started out at different roles but ended up creating a career in product management. For the first episode, I'll be talking to MC Sanjeev, uh, a close friend and a former colleague who recently became a product manager at superops.ai. Sanjeev started out his career as a support lead. He then played uh, several key roles. Uh, He was a sales engineer, product evangelist, and later became a product marketing manager before venturing into product management. He's also a thought leader in the IT service management space. And as a friend, I admire his ideas on how to build an exceptional product experience. And I personally think that that was one of the key qualities that eased him into his role as a product manager. Uh, Today, Sanjeev will be talking about his journey into product management and what it takes to become a product manager. Hi, Sanjeev. Welcome to iZotope.
1: Hi, KP. Thanks a lot for that kind intro.
0: (laughs) Sanjeev. Uh, Tell me something about yourself and your current role.
1: All right. Uh, So, yeah, I think you summed it up really well. Uh, I started my career in IT support and uh, it was not by choice because I studied in engineering college in the city and then uh, I was lucky enough to be placed uh, in one of the big companies. So obviously, like, you know, you get hired in bulk and then they decide where you start working. So their choice for me was IT support. And uh, in hindsight, I think that's one of the best things that happened because I've spent my entire career uh, in IT support.
0: Tell me something about your current role at Senjit.
1: Yes, so I think after uh, I was working uh, with Capgemini in IT support, I think uh, I really wanted to move back to Chennai. So that was the reason that you know I started, then moved to uh, Freshworks, where I uh, did. I started in support and then I moved into sales engineering and uh, recently product marketing. And currently I'm a product manager at uh, superops.ai. So we're an IT-based uh, SaaS uh, company. We build uh, SaaS products for IT.
0: All right. So uh, one one other follow up question uh, on your transition from uh, from an IT support lead or an IT support person uh, to your career in SaaS. Uh, did you want to move into SaaS when you are looking to move away from IT support, uh, or was it uh, was it an accident? I think it's definitely an accident. I had no
1: idea about SaaS. Uh... Like when I was in Bangalore working on my IT support job, I think my prime motivation was to come back to Chennai. That's, that's all I was looking for. So I was happy with uh, any role. And uh, when I applied to Freshworks, it was Freshdesk back then. Uh, I was only qualified mm-hmm. for the customer support role because that's what I was doing uh, in my previous job. So that's how okay. I got into SaaS and everything I know about SaaS, I learned from Freshworks.
0: Great. At what point in your career you decided to, you know, become a product manager and why? Okay, so
1: I think it was a, a really slow thought because I can't think back and remember, okay, you know, at this point, I, you know, there is no like a cinematic moment where you see, 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 see in the movies, right? You have one moment that defines everything else in your life. I don't think it was like that. So it was definitely a slow thought that kept growing uh, within me for a while. I think uh, pre-sales, uh, you know, being in sales engineering is definitely a great place uh, for that. For example, Like when you're on a pre-sales job, it's kind of a platform for you to venture into multiple roles, right? For example, Mm -hmm. uh, you identify yourself. So you get to do solutioning. Like if you're really good at solutioning, uh, that's a signal that you're probably a good fit for product management. And if you're good at, let's say, sales and engaging with customers and, you know, have the good relationship with customers, you're probably a good fit uh, to then move on to become a sales uh, leader. Or let's say if you enjoy demoing the product, you enjoy identifying the value, and if you enjoy telling stories around that, it's a potential that, you know, you could be a product marketing person. Or if you enjoy the problem-solving aspect of pre-sales, then it's a good chance that, you know, you'll enjoy being in customer success or support. I think pre-sales is a great platform for anyone to start out in SaaS. And I think that's where it started for me as well. So I, and I realized that, you know, I really enjoyed solutioning. I really enjoyed trying to solve problems for customers. Like, uh, like when I was in pre-sales, uh, I learned how to code, uh, like uh, co- custom code snippets. They were like, you know, really small snippets. And uh, I really enjoyed that process of understanding the problem and trying to solve that through code, even though it is not like a complicated piece of code. But that is kind of where I realized that I enjoyed solving problems. So I identified that first and slowly as I started, let's say, talking to other product managers, I I, I didn't know what product management was back then. So I just knew that, you know, we have this product and we're supposed to sell it. But as I spoke to product managers and I started reading about it and and then I mapped, okay, my, uh, you know, I enjoy solving problems and there is this role that, kind of, you know, uh, their job is to solve problems. So that's when this mapping happened. I think over a couple of years, then I realized, you know what, I think product management is probably be a good uh, fit for
0: me. That's the beauty of SaaS, Sanjeev, right? You, it exposes you to so many uh, different roles in the company. You get to see things end-to-end uh, and you can map it to your qualities uh, and and then you can decide on which path to go. And that is something that really I, I, I really love about SaaS. I definitely agree because...
1: Uh, uh, SaaS, like you know, being in its stage in its currently, I think a lot of lot of us are figuring it out, right? There is no set uh, uh, structure or anything, which means that it's open for pretty much anyone. Like you know, you could join at any role, and if you are really good at a job, you'll be heard, you'll be seen, and that provides as a platform for you to kind of then go on to do what you want to do. So I think uh, yeah, you you nailed it.
0: One more question uh, from the answer that you gave me, uh, from the previous answer that you gave me. You said that you, you were doing coding, a little bit of coding to solve a lot of problems, right? When you were mm-hmm. uh, when you were in pre-sales. Why why didn't you become a developer and chose to become a product manager? Okay, there's actually an interesting anecdote there. Uh, I,
1: I initially thought I wanted to be a developer because I didn't know product management, right? So once I realized that you know I loved coding uh, because I studied IT, but then I learned uh, like no, no code... Uh, in, in college because again that's that's kind of how a syllabus is right so all my coding is how college uh, works exactly yeah. you learn <laughs> after you leave college so that's that's what happened to me as well so I started learning uh, I started coding and I enjoyed it I, I know I went on Stack Overflow did some courses and stuff like that and I went up to my a manager uh, back then and said you know what I realized uh, coding is my passion like you know I love development I want to be a developer Let's, like you know please move me out of this team I think then Mm -hmm. the manager kind of, you know, uh, got some sense into me. He said, uh, see, uh, development is something that you are doing as a hobby. There's a difference between doing that uh, as a hobby, as a side project, then you know, doing it as full-time thing. I think I'm really grateful that he did that because if not for that, uh, I don't know if the the path and the trajectory would have been the same. I think I really love Mm -hmm. coding. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's brilliant. But my bigger passion is definitely solving problems uh, that's even more abstract. And I feel uh, if for that, uh, product management was a better kind of uh, destination for me to move towards than being a developer. I still try to dabble, like, you know, I I build websites and I still try to do something. But I know that I can't uh, be a
0: full-time developer. Similar thing happened to me, Sanjeev. I I was initially, you know, uh, uh, interviewed for the role of a content marketer and I got selected. Mm -hmm. And uh, since it had a brief incubation period and I couldn't quit my current job, I said I turned down the offer. Uh, to join as a content marketer. So the only thing, the only job that was available uh, back then without uh, an incubation was uh, a technical writer, the role of a technical writer. Mm-hmm. So I joined as a technical writer. So, and and that's one of the best decisions I took in my career. Uh, and it was completely by accident. Yeah. So so I can I, I can pretty much relate to it when you said that you wanted to be a developer and somebody knocks into <laughs> you saying that uh, there is a better path and you eventually landed up uh, into a product management job yeah yeah i think uh, it's it's very hard right?
1: because when you're starting out in your career you think you know what this is my 10 year plan this is my 15 year plan but i don't think it works like that because our education system actually doesn't prepare us to understand what we want so you spend your first five to eight years in your job trying to really understand what you like doing i think that's also one of my reasons that i kept moving teams because i really wanted to explore because uh, mm-hmm. you cannot have that solid five ten year plan saying that you know for two years i'm going to do this then i'm going to you know go into my next job or next role or whatever i think it a lot of accidents happen but if you do all the right things i think the accidents kind of you know shape you and take you on the right path
0: awesome sanjeev what is product management according to you
1: what is uh, product management okay if i knew that answer i think i'd uh, launch an online course <laughs> and become a billionaire
0: <laughs> because
1: <laughs> i mean a lot of people are like i see a lot of these uh, Good definitions for product management and a lot of content online. But okay, I'll. I'll if my serious answer is, uh, I'll. If I'm simplifying it, product management is simply about solving a problem for someone through a product. So that's my simple answer because a- anything else about product management, you is is something where you know it gets too too kind of technical or too deep. But at a high level, a product management is solving a problem for someone, a specific user, through a product. And this has been happening for ages and you know we've only labeled it right now, but uh, the labeling is good because it's opened up a lot of opportunities and things like that. Yeah. And I think for me, if let's say if I'm trying to evaluate a task and seeing if it's actually a product management task, I look for that problem. If the problem doesn't exist, then it is not a job for a product manager.
0: I think the first thing uh, a product manager should do is look, uh, look and validate whether the problem actually exists because a lot of the times they build a solution and they usually try to match it up with the product or... Uh, you know, are the problem. Absolutely, because that's also
1: a misconception about product management, right? Because uh, if you asked someone, if you ask someone who probably hasn't heard about it, so they'll, they'll tell you things like, okay, product management is about design. Like, you know, it's about designing the UI. It's about the user experience. Or someone might say it's actually about coding. It's about, you know, building the app, software development. I think that's kind of where uh, we draw the line because product management is solving the problem, but then the actual execution is not done by the product manager, right? That's the beauty of this role. It's a very influential... It's a very kind of, you know, a a shaping role, but then the real work is done by a team and that's how it's always going to be. So the only thing product management really owns is the problem. Even the solution is crowdsourced from different other verticals, but the problem
0: is really uh, the product manager's job. Perfect. No, we'll tread a little bit in controversial waters, uh, it's about master's degree, uh, I'm planning to ask this question to all, all the all the product managers that I'm going to speak, uh, so I know you don't have an MBA, but mm-hmm. do you think you need it uh, at some point in your career to become a product manager? Uh, what are your thoughts on MBA versus experience? Okay. So I think this is a familiar topic for us, right? We've had a lot of holiday conversations, <laughs> but of course, I'm sure that
1: I can't be that informal here, but I, I definitely have a viewpoint on the topic. I think I, okay, I can't specifically say, you know what, MBA uh, is not going to be helpful if you want to be a product manager, because I haven't uh, done it at MBA, so I don't know what actually it brings to the table. But I can tell you this, right, it's very hard to teach product management uh in a in a school where you know you're sitting them down and telling them you know this is these are the things that you need to know to become a product manager or you know these are the things that you have to learn this is like the a b c of it because it's just too early that's that's the real reason right it's just too early for this discipline to evolve and this is still people are still learning how to how to better it and product management is also too contextual like, you know, the, the product manager that you see at a tech company or maybe even within the tech, tech company in an e-commerce domain or in, let's say, a B2B versus B2C, it's going to be very, very different. And uh, it's simply, uh, you know, impossible to have a set curriculum that you can teach someone in, let's say, one or two years and uh, then say that, you know, you're now ready to become a product manager, you know, go out there and conquer the world. So that's that's not going to happen. So I feel like, you know, forget MBA. Even I'm sure that I saw, like, I was researching. I, I saw many online courses. Quite expensive, but, you know, they were claiming that, you know, uh, you could teach product management. But I honestly, I looked at the curriculum, I tried, like, you know, asking a few questions to the course uh, owners, but I, I don't think that's the way to learn, even for, especially for a beginner, because let's say if you have already done product management and you're trying to, like, you know, sharpen a few skills here or there, it's okay because you still have the context. But if you're a beginner trying to learn product management from scratch, I definitely wouldn't recommend that. I think the best way to do it is just, like, you know, go and join a company. Uh, you know, like any company, and then maybe try to move into a product management role or if that's not gonna happen, just solve a problem by yourself, right? pick a mm-hmm. problem like you know, uh, go on a website, like learn how to like you know launch a website, learn how to build uh, like a database and you don't even need to know how to code these days. There's a lot of no code tools coming up and you know about it more than anyone else, right? So there's a lot <laughs> of no code tools coming up where you can simply uh, you know use your hand and just solve the problem yourself and think that's the best yeah. way to learn product management. So, yeah, uh, short answer is I don't think an MBA is required, but maybe an MBA teaches you other things that could be helpful in the job. Maybe things like, you know, documentation or finance. Sometimes, you know, product management also has to look at, okay, what is my overall kind of resources and how do I do that? So, re- things like that, maybe it'll be helpful, but I don't know. I can't comment because I haven't done it.
0: Okay. So, what does the growth path of a product manager look like? Uh, say you, you, you're you starting as a product manager. Uh, what is your path uh look like over the next five or ten years okay
1: because i'm just starting out looks pretty good for me from where i'm <laughs> i'm right now but uh yeah okay i think i'll uh, talk about what i've seen or what uh general aspirations to be right for example i feel like product managers uh, given that collaborative nature of the role are best suited for generalist role right but uh again they, it's just a suit and doesn't mean that they'll succeed in it for example things like okay you're trying to like you know own a division you're trying to manage a business unit or you know eventually become a ceo because uh, as a product manager you're not just responsible for like you know building the product but you're also responsible like you know for selling it and uh, like you know for marketing it the right way so you have a stake in everything but you don't control or you don't own anything you have to work through others so i think that's a great skill uh, for any generalist to have and you know best suited for positions that are more horizontal and are more uh, like you know at, at a management level so that is one i would say a natural path for anyone to grow into uh, like, you know, that's my eventual aspiration as well, right? So, my, if, like, you know, based on my skill set, I eventually want to lead not just a, a, a product, but also a function, a company, hopefully. So, that's kind of where these skill sets will come. But let's say from a tactical standpoint, you have the traditional growth of product managers, right? So, you, you start by managing one product or you start by managing a feature, and then you, you yeah. grow into manage a product, and then you grow into manage a bunch of products, a platform, a unit. So, you still focus on product management, but your scope uh, keeps increasing. So that's one way to grow but I feel the true success of a product manager or the growth uh, really depends on the impacts their product have on the world right and uh, for that to happen I think you have to be doing uh, much more than just
0: building products okay let's come back to your role mm-hmm. uh, uh, what is the one absolute thing you enjoy as a product manager I know you you, you just you just got into product management but what excites you every day uh, what 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 is the one thing that you enjoy
1: Okay, that is, uh, yeah, you're right, I'm new, but I'm definitely finding a lot of things uh, that I, that you know excites me and I'm enjoying. So I'm just trying to figure out, okay, what is the right answer? All right, I think to start with, uh, which kind of uh, it's exciting at the same time, slightly scary is the ambiguity, right? As uh, Because as a product manager, mo- almost most of the time you're handed an empty slate, you're handed an empty canvas and you're trying to figure it out as you go, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. when you tackle a problem, there is nothing out there for you uh to kind of you know reference because especially like in my in my state right where because we are building a product from scratch and uh, we don't have customers or we don't have that external validation so the ambiguity is something that i really enjoy navigating because i i generally enjoy things where there is no structure like you know i like figuring uh, it out on my own so it it works for me so i really enjoy that and i think the ownership also right because product management uh, is a high ownership job so if I compare it to my previous role as a sales engineer, the impact is deep. So what i what I mean by that is, I talk to one customer and I kind of have uh, a full control of that, uh, like you know, the that customer's outcome through the product. But okay. if, let's say if I screw up my job as a sales engineer, I probably lose that customer and that's it. Like you know, that's that, mm-hmm. that's the uh, scope. But as a product manager my scope is expanded to literally my entire customer base of the product right so if i screw something yeah. up if i do a mistake in my job the impact is going to be pretty huge and that responsibility and that ownership is scary but also quite exciting because you know that 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 will
0: keep you going yeah, living an adventurous life yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 what happens when when something goes wrong simply like uh, how does a product manager course correct uh, i know you might not have you know experience an instance but uh, from what you've read and uh, what you've heard from your uh, colleagues and uh, your friends how does a product manager course correct when something goes wrong
1: okay i have definitely experienced it but on the other side say i was on the opposite side <laughs> you know representing the customer and like you know walking up to the product manager and saying, you know what this happens how could you do this like you know this went wrong like now in retrospect i shouldn't have done that but again back then that was my job uh, i think as a product manager uh, your strategy should be to make small reversible decisions than like you know big irreversible decisions i think if you go on that path it's easy to uh, reverse any mm-hmm. anything that you do because you know you're not you're not you cannot predict everything that's going to happen like it's impossible for you to look at every use case and every situation and like you know tackle every edge case it's just not going to happen so if you're trying to do that uh, by putting everything down you're simply wasting time I think you should just focus on things that are reversible and like, you know, make small steps, right? You know, I don't know if you've played this game called Minesweeper. You just like, you know, take one small step and like, you know, uh, you just like keep going. And if you take small, careful, measured steps, then you'll be fine. Like even if, let's say you do make a mistake, the impact is going to be small and you know, you can reverse it. I think course correction, let's say if you do end up making a big mistake, I feel like customers are forgiving. They understand, especially a lot, lot of the modern customers understand how products are built so they know that you know things cannot be perfect so if as long as you keep them communicated as long as you keep them informed about uh, the repercussions and about you know what they should be doing or how like you know things can go back to normal they should be fine and they will be forgiving but uh, the better approach would be to just make small reversible decisions so that you don't end up in a situation where you know things are just uh, not looking great
0: yeah like i said we should consider every decision is like a building block uh, that goes into you know creating a future so even if one of it you know, back for years, we can always swap it or we can rework on it and then push it back in. And uh, also from what you said, right, uh, from a customer's uh, point of view or from, uh, you know, being a technical writer or being a support person, uh, we always would have thought, right, uh, this is this is so easy, uh, why can't the product manager do this? Uh, but only if we were on the other side, uh, then we will know uh, what are all the things that are at stake. Uh, the entire customer base. Uh, then you see the technical feasibility into building that feature into the product, and there are a lot of such factors you know that uh, that influences you indirectly into uh, you know making a decision on which way to go, right? So, so under such cases, how do you you know decide on uh, how do you make the trade-off uh, on what is right uh, and what is sufficient for the customer?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the amount of time that I myself have said, well, like you know, because I have a background in support and sales, I encounter this a lot. And I look at something, I'm like, you know what, this is just so simple. Why why can't you just build it, right? And uh, then I back then I used to feel, okay, you know what, uh, this is why can't people do this? And then once I slowly started kind of like getting exposed to product management, that happened uh, through my role as a product marketer because you work closely with product management, right? And yeah. you understand that like you know resources are not infinite. You have limited resources and you have an infinite amount of things to do. So you have resources that are limited, but you have requests that are unlimited. So how do you handle such a situation, right? So it comes down to prioritization. Again, when you prioritize, how do you prioritize? You can prioritize by the biggest pain. You can prioritize by the biggest lever that's going to get you more money. You can prioritize by the new trend that is catching up in the market. So there are a bunch of other things that you know will come into consideration. Or you could prioritize by the biggest customer who's threatening to leave. Or you can prioritize by the salesperson who's telling you that he, he can bring in a million of million dollars if you just give give them that feature. So you have a bunch of things. I think h- half the time you like you know you follow your gut, and when I say gut, I don't mean like a like a lucky decision or something that you just like you know close your eyes and do. So your gut is basically you know gets better with more information that you consume. So if you spend yeah. more time in the system, let's say you you understand your product, you understand your customer base, you you understand uh, like you know how people are using it. So, you over time, you develop this gut that tells you instantly what's, uh, what's the right thing to do. You may not be able to quantify it with data. You may not be able to say, you know what, this is exactly why I'm doing it. You may not be able to put that on a Google sheet and say, you know what, this is the data point that we consider. And, you know, through this factor, the 95% or whatever. But you'll just know. And I think half the time, it's about trusting your gut. And if, let's say, your gut, you feel is weak, I think you can then depend on people that who have been in the system a lot. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a scientific way to say this is how, exactly how we prioritize. It It's definitely contextual. It depends on the situation, on the current state. So, yeah, I, I instead of trying to map everything out uh, rationally and quantifying everything, I would just do my job well and trust my gut at the right places. And like I said, make reversible decisions so that, you know, even if you are on the, on the wrong path, you can quickly come back and course correct. What do you aspire to achieve as a product manager? Wow, okay. So, I think this is something that... Uh, you know i've i've aspired ever since i kind of learned about technology right because technology is for me has always been something where i felt like i can contribute because uh, you look at how technology is built and you see the impact it's having and you feel like you know i want to play a small part in it right so i think as a product manager that job definitely that goal is within my reach uh as a short-term goal, I, I what I really want to do, actually, it's not quite short-term, it's it's long-term. What I want to do is I want to bring the best practices into a product, right? Like, bring philosophies to life. So, what I mean by that is you look at what Jira did. Like, Agile mm-hmm. as a term and Agile as a concept has existed for ages. But then, before Jira, you, people really struggled to get it done because, you know, you, you yeah. never had any tool that really brought it to life. You never had any product that really understood what Agile was. And after Jira, everything is is just Jira. Like, you know, Jira replaced Agile, and uh, Jira basically brought Agile to life in many organizations. Same thing that Trello did with Kanban. So Kanban as a concept existed for ages, but with Trello, it it brought it to life, and, you know, it had all the things that uh, Kanban had, and people just found it easy to use. And the success of the product, you know, or the success of the philosophy is because the product was easy to use, and the product really got the job done. I think if, let's say, my aspiration would be to identify one
0: such philosophy and bring that to life through a product. Awesome, awesome. So we've come down to the last question, Sanjeev. Uh, what would you tell someone who is at a stage where you were five years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what can they do in order to accelerate their journey to become a product manager? Okay, that's a tricky question because, like I said, right,
1: that the path is uh, there is no set path, so I can't tell you that you know you do these five things, or it's it's not like now I wish there was like a blog post where ten things to do. When you're 23, (laughs) so that you can become a product manager at 28. So I wish, you know, there is something like that. But uh, truth is there isn't. But uh, I think I'll uh, break it down into small things that you can do that I think will improve your chances. So that's how I'm going to put it. So improve your chances of uh, becoming a product manager, right? So first, the easiest thing to do is just talk to more product managers, as simple as that. Start with people in your company. Start with the product managers in your company. And if you've talked to them, you think you've gotten enough out of them, reach out, find other people. Uh, on LinkedIn, like you know, on Twitter or wherever you like, you know, maybe you read a uh, read a blog from someone that you like. Reach out to them and people. You'll be surprised to see that people are more than willing to talk about their job because people generally love talking about their jobs. And if someone's interested in it, that's just going to make them happy. So definitely talk to product managers, ask them about their job, see what they do, and kind of you know that learning is definitely valuable. And uh, Another thing that uh, you can do is just learn about what other companies are doing, right? For example, if you look at a product like, uh, let's say, Cred, for example, or Uber or any product that you like, even, even games. So I used to uh, be a huge fan of games and I used to go on the website and read up about what they do. So if you look at, uh, let's, let's say, if you've managed to find that product manager on LinkedIn, chances are they would have written about, like, you know, what they've done. So chances are they would have had a webinar or some content where they talk about how they built that product or what they did. I think by passively consuming that, you're you're building the product management muscle in yourself. And when you actually get to the, get to the point where you are solving problems, all that knowledge uh, is going to help, right? I think once you start with that, maybe the next step for you to do would be to just try solving a problem on your own. So you don't need to become a product manager to be a product manager, right? You don't need the title because yeah. by being a product manager is simply solving a problem and you know, you just pick up a problem. like you know, it, it doesn't have to be tech. It doesn't have to make you money. It doesn't have to be useful. It could be fun, but there is some problem, for example, let's say if, uh, you know, if, if I were uh, five years ago and I had this knowledge, I would have probably tried to, you know, solve it uh, by by building a meme creator, because that's what I like. And I know that the problem is true where people are not able to find like, you know, the right uh, images to create memes. And I think that's a problem. I think it's worth solving. It, it, it might not be the best problem in the world to solve, but by doing that, you learn how to, solve problems and like, you know, uh, and uh, get on that path to be a product manager. And I think the last thing that I would say is for some reason, uh, product management has become like the role to be, right? Like, you know, it's got yeah. this uh, connotation of, okay, you know what? I want to be a product manager. Like, you know, it's just the thing to be. But it's it's not. I mean, like, one thing I would say is don't view it as an aspirational role that you will be like, you know what? I'm not ready to be a product manager yet. I have to wait. Like, I have to learn so much before I have to become a product manager. So if you associate that tag to the product management role, you're never going to get it. So it's it's always going to be a few years down the line. I think it there is no uh, uh, experience or there is no, like, you know, correlation between, that you have done or your years of experience or your age or mba there's nothing like that because the role is simply about solving a problem so if you have that muscle of problem solving and if you have that understanding of how let's say your domain works and your your technology works and things like that you could be ready and like maybe you won't get the title of a product manager you could definitely start building that uh, building blocks and skill sets of becoming the product manager and that's going to put you on the path so you don't have to be like "I'm, i'm too early to be a product manager. So I think that that uh, doesn't exist. So you can just be on that path. It's not it's not an aspirational goal. It's a very real goal, even if you are just starting out in your career.
0: Thank you for patiently answering all the questions, Sanjeev. I know we have uh, spoken about this a lot of times informally when we when we work together. Uh, it is a, it is a bit weird to do this formally, uh, but thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, like you said, right, definitely. We've had a lot of conversation. I don't think, uh,
1: you know, we can't, we can be that candid on a, on a podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I've tried to be as uh, formal as possible, but it's definitely felt we are talking to you uh, in, in this tone. But yeah, thanks for having me KP, because like I said, right, everyone loves talking about their job and uh, like you've given me a chance to talk about mine and uh, the journey here. So I'm I'm glad that you know you
0: you're doing this. Thank you, thank you. And uh, alright, everyone. Uh, Sanjeev uh, writes a lot about product management, building product experiences, and he also puts out a lot of Tamil memes. Uh, so he writes product-related stuff uh, on sasgeneralist.com. Uh, for the rest of the content, like memes, uh, other interesting content, you can visit his uh, profile on Twitter. Uh, we hope you learned something about product management in this episode. We, uh, we have a lot more interviews coming up in the upcoming weeks. Uh, see you soon with another exciting episode. Until then, it's bye from KP and Sanjeev.